0: When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan.
1: And that is that. The New York Knicks, the eighth-seeded New York Knicks, are one game away from the NBA Finals.
0: When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sound like Marvin Gaye at all? Might have to explain that for a lot of folks. Yeah, well, there was a lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> this is Robin Thick, Blurred Lines. I'm assuming it is, but yeah, I'm right. sure a lot of people listening are like, "What is he talking about?" Of yeah. course, it sounds like Marvin Gaye. I know. So this is Blurred Lines, but the the family of Marvin Gaye contended that it uh sounded like a Marvin Gaye song, and I think they actually won the lawsuit. Now that I think about it, I think it's settled and. Robin Thicke took his loss, but that's all right. Your daddy wrote "Girl" and "Growing Pains." That, that that's a classic song. I but listen. "Blurred Lines" was a was the song of the summer, no doubt about it. That's the only thing I I don't know why. Like when I think of songs, for whatever reason, I don't associate them much other than Beatle albums. We don't have to get into my weird Beatle album obsession. How I, how I like associate "Time of Year" with Beatle albums and Thanksgiving is always the White Album. Doesn't matter. But like typically music. The only time, I, the only thing like I associate songs with, or that songs make me have a feel is summer. Like, I, I never go, oh yeah, that 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 song. Other than Christmas music, which is about to be in, you know, completely inundating our lives. We're never going to hear the end of Christmas music now. From now until you know January sixth or January fifth or whenever it is they stop playing Christmas music. But like the songs of the summer are always key. Like I remember that was obviously a song of the summer and one of my best summers is I the first trip I think it was the first trip I went to Vegas with my buddies and the the song of the summer was uh Justin Timberlake bringing sexy back like that's how that's how far back I'd go I'm bringing sexy back you ready That's we we were so stupid we were walking around everywhere that's how stupid me and my friends are. we were walking around everywhere doing that to each other you ready cuz if you if you listen to you're bringing Sexy back. There's like a weird random voice that just says that. We found it funny. I don't know what I'm talking about. 877-337-6666. Frank Wright is out as the Carolina head coach. How about that? That's what everyone's going to... Everyone's going to point it to me. Hey, good. Yeah. How about that, huh? How about that? Frank, you're fired. How about that? Um... Everyone's going to point this out to me. This is what happens when you draft the wrong quarterback, right? Now, I know there was a lot of speculation that he wanted Stroud, but that's what happens. We might see it happen with, with Salah too. You, you're forced to play something you don't want to play, and you get fired anyway. But obviously, out in Carolina, Tepper has been one of the most awful owners in, in professional sports over the last handful of years. Fires another coach 11 games into the year. The offense has been absolutely dreadful. But one of the the, the funnier things that I've seen from it. and now listen, you knew he was going to get fired. It was one of the hot seats. He took over the play-calling duties um, back from the offensive coordinator who was he was designated. He was supposed to give the play-calling over to them, but he decided to take it back. You knew he was going to get fired. Look, when you draft, you have that coach, you have that quarterback, and it looks this bad, and you looks like – Here's the thing. You look like you're not helping the young quarterback. And that's why he probably got fired For me. That's why if I was going to fire him, I'd fire him because I need to develop this kid and you're not doing him any favors. But I don't know if Greg Olson would be doing him any favors. And I saw a report that maybe Olson would be interested in the job. How funny would that be? I mean, he's going to be out of a job next year, right, with Fox. I'm sure they'll find something for him. They'll give him the, the, the second team. But Brady is coming in. At least that's my understanding. Tom Brady. Can't get rid of him. Oh, and I forgot to play that audio yesterday. I'll, maybe I'll, t- I'll play that audio. I'll, t- I'll tell you why Alex Smith is my new favorite NFL analyst. No question about it. He's my guy. Love you, Alex Smith. 877-337-6666. But we have Frank Reich, who out, I don't know if he gets a third chance, out in uh, Indianapolis, out now in Carolina in less than one season. Uh, unable to get anything out of this uh, out of uh, young this uh, first overall pick, and that's what people are going to tell me. I'm going to take a call right now. And he wants the Giants to lose, so do I. Um, first picks aren't guarantees, and you can easily make a mistake. But you know what? I trust Shane and Dable. That's what this is all about. Like you can't tell me, oh, I trust Shane and Dable to get him. In the eighth or tenth pick or fifteenth pick or in the second round, I'll trust them. You know, they're good at this, I'll trust them. Well then I tr- I want them to have the best option. I trust them to do what's best. Maybe they would have drafted Stroud instead of of Young. Who knows? Maury and Belmore. What's up, Maury?
1: Devito, Soprano, lasagna, v- v- vodka sauce, all of it's beautiful. It's all beautiful. But listen, sure. we need to build a foundation here. We can't we can't be fools and think we're going to win and make the playoffs and go for a run because we don't have the talent. So let's all be – it's a great story. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, Great great Italian dude. Give me a break, everyone. All right? Let's all be serious here. We need to build a foundation in the future. Uh, The mediocrity over the last eight to ten years has been ridiculous. We've
0: been – Yeah, I mean, mediocrity is putting it kindly.
1: Yeah, five different coaches, a whole disaster. Let's just build on what we can. All right? Listen – I, I love the Giants. I bleed blue. What are you going to do? It's of just, course. Let's all be serious. It's just crazy. But, Chris, this has been a dream come true to get through to you. Yeah. Thank you. And I love you. No, I'm just kidding. One other thing, the Honda Prelude. Yes. A, what a great vehicle. Everyone's had one. I learned how to drive in that CRV thing. i tell you, it was a stick shift. But great, great cars to drive and learn how to drive. And they yeah, last Well, the three, mine didn't the two last you crash before senior that
0: Right before senior cut day, I crashed it. The night before. The night before senior cut day, I had to get a ride to senior cut day. I was looking one forward to thing, driving bro. it. good, yeah.
1: One more thing, bro. So my my boy's gonna be going to the Alabama Georgia game. He was at the game the other day at Auburn. What an insane situation that the that, that the team puts them in. And one week they look good, one week they look bad. But we'll see how it goes. But Chris, always enjoy listening to you,
0: pal. Turn my phone off. uh my, my mic off. Thank you, Maury. I appreciate it. And I know it's a dream come true for you. Tonight is your night, bro. That is funny Devito. Devito. But yeah, listen, I, it's not that the giant at this point I'm done with the tank. Like I I mean they're not going to get one of the two top picks. That's kind of been now that their fate is now sealed on that. Uh the the Panthers aren't winning any more games. I know Chicago won a game, but like it's over the cardinals aren't going to win many more games the, the the idea of getting a top 2 pick which is really what i was shooting for that's the dream i had and shame on you for thinking that's not a, a real fan's dream like i was what, i was listening to evan today i wanted to jump through my i was listening on the odyssey app i wanted to jump through my phone he's got some nerve you are absolutely a, a real giant fan if you wanted them to lose for a better draft pick that is it's it's all about winning in the end not winning some you know taking on some weird Chance that they could win the rest of their games and maybe even then not sneak into the postseason. Like, what do you mean It's uh, you're a fraud fan? Absolutely not. I'm not a fraud fan. This is what this team has done to us. It's the same thing for you Jet fans. You're not in a position to tank right now because you have a quarterback. You're not tanking for a quarterback. Why would you tank? There's no other position worth tanking for. Not, Not a single other one. That I'll give you. There's only one position we're trying to lose for or as a fan, you know, being disappointed they win games. There's only one position to do that for. It's the quarterback position. There's not a single other position. There's not another guy. I don't care how good Marvin Harrison Jr. is. I don't care how good the next great pass rusher is. I don't care. I don't care how good the next shutdown cornerback is. There is not a single other position worthy of being disappointed you win football games than the quarterback. That's it. And the Giants are a unique position where the quarterback would transform the team. And there's a strong quarterback class. They have the coach NGM that I trust to draft and develop the quarterback. They have an injured quarterback that would only last one more year. They're perfect into letting this kid sit for a year and learning before they get in, throw him into the wolves. Like, it's perfect. It's a perfect situation to draft a big-time quarterback. That's all. It comes up every once in a while. If they would have been losing, you know, last year would have been a perfect time too because he wasn't under contract. But early, you know, there's times to tank and times not to. The Jets shouldn't tank. You know who the quarterback is next year. We'll see like we'll see what the Bears are doing. The Bears are winning football games because I don't know what they think about young yet. Ultimately, it's been vaguely it's been pretty much disappointing as far as wins and losses, but you saw early on in this game against the Vikings last night, he's avoiding sacks, running around, making plays. You know they didn't score any points, they didn't throw any touchdowns, but he's he's got something to me. Last year he was dynamic at times. That offense took off at this in the second half of the year. He was run, he was breaking records, running the football. Daniel Jones doesn't break anything, doesn't break any records. He won a playoff game, and he was great in that playoff game. But it's time to move on, despite what the the general manager may say. And I, and he did say things that still make me believe he is willing to move on drafting, he'll draft a quarterback if that's what's best for the team, if that's who they have highest on the board. And they're going to have to do something with the quarterback position because who knows if Dan Jones is even ready to play week one. But I'm sorry. The idea that it's not, that you're some sort of fake fan and you understand winning, I do, I, I understand losing. I understand losing. And not just kind of losing. Right? Not just, you know, Minnesota Viking fan losing or... You know, even Chargers losing. this is Cleveland Brown losing. This is Detroit Lions losing. That's who they've become. That's who the Giants are. The Giants are a franchise that has now grouped itself into the losers in the NFL. There's no other way to put it. when you when you when you are winning four or five games almost every year for a decade. That's what you become. I don't like to use the once proud. That's a I, I hate saying the once proud New York Giants. I don't know about all that. But they used to win. You know when the last time they won was? When they had a, the first overall pick quarterback playing for them. That's when they won. 877 337 I mentioned the Yankees and sleeping with the enemy. So if you haven't seen, there's a report out there that the Houston Astros would be interested and are entertaining the idea of trading Alex Bregman. And I don't know if the Yankees, I you know, apparently the Yankees have been linked. I think it fits for any team. He's that good. But that is a very interesting proposition for me. I got to tell you. Because one... Let me just get on Yankee fans for a second because it's my favorite thing to do. He's not right. He's not left-handed. Why would you want him? Right? He's not left-handed. The Yankees desperately need left-handed hitters. You don't, want, you don't, want, you don't need another right-handed hitter. Who needs another right-handed hitter? You need lefty hitters. You got It's got to be left-handed. Otherwise, I don't want him. And Cashman hasn't cared about left-handed hitters. It's been a major problem. Need left-handed hitters. Left-handed hitters. Oh, I can get Verdugo? No, I don't want Verdugo. Not for Torres. Torres is better. Oh, Alex Bregman? Yeah, give me Alex Bregman. I know how good he is, yeah. So, ultimately, we want good hitters. It'd be nice if they were left-handed, but you want good hitters. The Yankees don't have enough good hitters. Sure, you'd like it to be more balanced. You'd like left-handed hitters. But I'm not not trading a better player for a lesser player because he happens to be left-handed. And I'm not, you know, not picking up Alex Bregman because he happens to be right-handed. Like that, I'm not doing. But at the same time, as good as a player he is, and he had a good year last year, and he'd be a free agent at the end of this season, so it'd be a one-year rental for Alex Bregman, who has talked about growing up kind of a Yankees fan, loved Derek Jeter, that's why he wears the number two. I don't know if those two teams could make a trade, but I don't see why not. Then it's not divisional rivals like the Red Sox. But as good as he is, I have to admit, there's something about it that feels icky. And I know I've been on the record with this. I was rooting for the Astros to win some games in the postseason, make it back to a World Series, because when the Yankees do beat them, I want them at full strength. And I want Alex Bregman to be on that team when they beat him. I know that's stupid, and ultimately it'd be within a week of him hitting a home run or winning a game that I'd be, yeah, Alex Bregman's a Yankee, I love it. But I don't know. Is there anyone, let me ask you Yankee fans, is there anyone you wouldn't trade for? In the, in the in the guise of getting better? Like, it makes them better. If it, You would have to trade Gleyber Torres. If they were to trade Bregman, I'm not sure what it would take. It's a one-year rental on a player who makes $28 million. He's going to make $28 million next year. So it's a one-year rental, $28 million, right-handed hitting third baseman. I don't know what it would take. It wouldn't take that many. It's not taking Juan Soto. It's taking some prospects. It's not taking big, large amount of prospects, and certainly not the top-level prospects. But it's going to take a couple pitching prospects, something. You know, it's going to take a decent amount. He's a good player, and he's been a postseason proven player, which is the one element that is the, without question, main reason you do it. He is a proven postseason player. He is a clutch proven winner, which is what this team doesn't have any of. Doesn't have any of them. Doesn't have any proven winners on this team. If you would trade for him, take on the $28 million, you'd have to trade Glaber Torres. And then you'd have Alex, Bre- Alex Bregman at third. You'd have DJ LeMahieu at second or Peraza and play that you know rotation with Volpe at shortstop, Peraza in the infield, um, and DJ LeMahieu in the infield. But, I mean, that solves a problem with third base. It adds another hitter to the middle of this lineup. If you whiff on – it's something I'd consider if you whiff on both Soto or um, Bellinger. But I'm surprised they'd be willing – to move on from them, I know they're in a, a little bit of an upheaval. I suppose they are now moving on. From the, they just the hired. They're going to hire a new manager. I think they did. I can't remember if they did. Um, but they're moving on from Dusty Baker. And this team has lost players and not missed the beat. Correa goes. Pena comes. They, you know, they lose. They lose. Uh, you know, George. Um, my God, Springer doesn't matter they've continued to just can move on they lose verlander they bring him back they lose cole doesn't matter they go they charlie morton doesn't matter they, they they'll bring in for, uh, Van, uh Valdez. they'll bring in uh whoever they have to bring in they've been in a remarkably good team and a well-run organization besides beating a bunch of cheating bastards but they have continually lost their players and moved on and got better springer they bring in tucker like that's what they've been able to do in alvarez and now to be willing to move on from Bregman is interesting for me because he's someone who's now been there this whole time. And I don't know, is there some line, It's he's not a Red Sox, but right now who's a bigger rival than the Astros? Do you want to bring in this guy who's absolutely killed the Yankees? A part of me doesn't want to. Part of me wants to beat him bad. Part of me wants him to be the one sitting in the dugout that they pan to, the loser dugout, while the Yankees are celebrating on the field. Stewart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stu Pot?
2: I, I agree with you, but one thing, C-Mac, and how are you doing? Uh, C-Mac, the thing is, you want them to beat them, but the simple fact is, what makes you be- honestly believe that we have the right people in place to make
0: it happen? Well, right now they don't. It's the beginning no. of the off season. They've got to add players. If they, get, if they get Soto and Bellinger, then I think they might have a chance. If they get Soto yes. and Yamamoto, I think they might have a chance.
2: I'm talking about not the players. I'm talking about the people in the front
0: office. No, oh, because they. That's won. what I'm
2: talking about. Yeah, because see, Mike. What have they proven over the last few years? What
0: that they, have they can, proven that they can win in the regular season and not win in the playoffs? That's right. And,
2: and the ineptitude of getting the right players to fill out this team and properly construct it has been awful. They don't get. They haven't got much pitching, really, except for maybe the bullpen arms. Yeah. And what did they do for the left fielder last year? Aaron and that was Waldo Cabrera.
0: Yeah, terrible. And
2: it didn't make sense. And they should have brought back Benintendi, although you disagree with that. Yeah. But at least Benintendi could play left yeah, field. Yeah, I mean, right
0: now, right now, Chicago is begging people to take Benintendi well, with that contract. Well, then
2: we don't take. A, we're not taking him back. No. no why? Well, there Benintendi. you go, Stupot.
0: That's why I'm t- I, I don't know if I would have signed him. But listen, I again, that's a, now we're having a Brian Cashman discussion. I un, I understand that we got to forget everything else. Left field was a disaster last year. Here's the point. What is Hal Steinbrenner because it's not about Brian Cashman. It really isn't right now. Cuz when we're talking about it's, you know, Juan Soto, Yamamoto, Bellinger. Those are the three names we're talking about. There are some other things that might happen, but those are the three names right now until they're gone. I don't think anyone really expects Otani to be with the Yankees, but let's add, you want to add Otani, you can. There are four names that are the top of this free agency class and the top, if you include Soto, and the top of of, of the trade market and what's possible for this Yankee offseason. Or really, or the Meadow offseason or any offseason. Those are the big names. Those are obvious gets. Brian Cashman loves Yamamoto. He went out and, he went out and, and saw him pitch a no-hitter. He, he traveled across the, the world to go see him pitch on the day they were celebrating the 98 championship team. He loves Yamamoto. It's not about Brian Cashman. It's whether or not Hal Steinbrenner will pony up for him. Trading for Juan Soto is a no-brainer. It's whether or not Hal Steinbrenner is going to be willing to pay him and give him a contract that makes it worth trading for him and giving him 500 million dollars and making it worth trading for him. Like that's what it's about. Bellinger is about uh, Bellinger's an easy sign. Bellinger's a left-handed hitter uh, that they desperately need in this lineup. He's the best free agent available. He had an incredible season. He's won an MVP. He's won a World Series. I'm a little scared about some of the metrics that they give him of the hard hit bow rate all that stuff. And especially it wouldn't concern me other than he's had miserable seasons in between those World Series and MVPs and what he was last year. But ultimately, that's another, like that doesn't take a, a great GM to do. Like there'll be other moves. This is about Hal Steinbrenner. For me, this is we could we can argue about Brian Cashman, and Brian Cashman's always a talking point. This is about Hal Steinbrenner. Is Hal Steinbrenner willing to step up and spend the money? That's what this is about. And that's what people are speculating. Well, the, last time, the last time they had a disappointing season like this was in, uh, was in 08, and they would, look what they did in 09, and they bought Sabathia, and they bought Burnett, and they bought Teixeira, and they spent half a billion dollars and won the World Series. After the '13 season was a very disappointing season. They went out and got Tanaka. They went out and got Beltran. They went out and got Ellsbury, which obviously did not have the same effect as, as Sabathia and Burnett and Teixeira. But still, those spending followed those miserable years. So the question is, despite the new luxury tax, despite the new rungs of the luxury tax and the penalties for it and where they are already with some of their contracts and Judge, Cole and Stanton, is Hal Steinbrenner willing to open up the checkbook and pay for these top of the line free agents in a otherwise down free agent class and trade market class? Are they willing to open up the checkbook and pay to make this team what it can be? And if not, then it's a question of how Brian Cashman can find the Brian Cashman gems of the past. How can he go out there and get Carpenter and Voight and Gio Urshela? Then we'll have that discussion about how he fixes this roster without some of the obvious answers, without going to get Soto, without ponying up for Yamamoto, without paying... Bellinger, how do they do it from there if Hal Steinbrenner is not willing to do those things? Then that's a Brian Cashman discussion. Then it's lesser things and and maybe even trading for Bregman, which I don't know if I'd put on the lesser side, but it's certainly under the top guys I mentioned before. Then it's a Brian Cashman discussion. But this is is the offseason of Hal. Is he willing to spend the money? 877-337-6666. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you. We can get into the Mets, too, because, listen, we saw Pete Alonso at the Ranger game. He was wearing a very cryptic shirt. Very cryptic indeed, and we can get into what they need. They need a left fielder, too. Are they interested in uh, Juan Soto? Are they interested in Bellinger? Or are they just Yamamoto and figure it out?
3: When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. New England has no timeouts remaining, 23 seconds to play, and the Jets are going officially now to the AFC Championship game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always
0: live on the free Odyssey app. All right, three thirty. Eight seven seven three 877-337-6666. That's the number to call. McMonigle here with you on the overnight, along with Fliegelman and Carlos. We've we've hit that portion. Now this is early. We've hit I I've typically You know it's uh, this is the first day I've seen Carlos here uh training on the board and already in the big chair pushing the buttons. Now typically that's a day two or three trial. I don't I don't know. Already Already pushing buttons. I know he's been here a while. No, it's usually it like day End of the three o'clock hour, early four o'clock hour, day one. Really? But Carlos well, jumped in about any a half ex- hour earlier without any experience. You would do that too. He's he's been here for that's a long what I'm time. Sa- yeah. i that, That's what I'm saying. I know he's experienced. I'm saying for anyone, you would be willing. No, to No, no, that's this why. Frankly? But normally, it's you yeah. know, twenty to thirty minutes later. Yeah, oh, and okay. just like a brief get. So congratulations, with the board. all your hard work, Carlos, for all the years you've been here you've got an hour you got a half hour head start on the rest of on the rest of them good for you good for you how's everything going how's the uh shirt collection
3: it's it's going it's uh building and
0: progressing at the same time <laughs> that was a tremendous shirt and one of the best gifts ever i have to admit watching you dance there's like a uh da put out a gif of you dancing in that
3: shirt yeah, he Tremendous. tends to do that. Uh, Tremendous. I, I realize that uh, I got to go back to the gym. Yeah, you,
0: you and me both. I'm currently fasting as of right now. Are you? Yeah, I'm uh, I, I, intermittent fasting. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm 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 trying to just fat after the week of being ridiculously fat uh, over the holidays and just doing anything I wanted to do, like a sad sack, of you know what. Um, I just decided today I was going to, well, I started yesterday. This morning, I'm not going to eat for as long as I can go and see how long it goes. Because fasting, I've read up on it, it's good for you. Uh, it, it has helped me. Intermittent fasting has helped me lose weight over the past. But I was just like, let me see how long I go. So the, I had dinner at 5.30 on on uh, Sunday. That was the last time I ate. So what's today? I'm going on 36 hours or so, something like that, 35 hours. With nothing but lemon water, it's going all right. I feel okay. I slept through a lot of it today. I actually got some sleep. I'm trying, but yes, we need need to get back to the gym. I turn. Uh, I promised myself uh, for something that I'm not going to hit for my 40th birthday uh, in a couple weeks, and I'm not going to get there. But that's all right. That's all right. Small small steps. Summer body start now. Summer body starts now. I was hoping to be somewhere for my 40th, but that's okay. That's why I'm just I'm just not going to eat from now until then. Hopefully, I hit the mark. <laughs> oh boy, you know how it goes. We struggle. We struggle with it. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? And I struggle with the idea of bringing Bregman here. I do. I don't know why. There are different guys I'm willing to move on from. I had no problem with, uh, you know, with different different Red Sox. Johnny Damon didn't bother me. I don't know why. Roger Clemens certainly didn't bother me. I don't, you know, I don't know why they were in the middle of doing everything right in 1999. They couldn't, they couldn't do anything wrong. So I was like, "What the hell? Bring them in." But this Astro team is different for me. There's something about this Astro team that I despise. One, they're cheaters. Two, they've done it to us over and over again, and it's gotten worse with the sweep a couple years ago. Like, it's just, it's as bad as it gets. And he's been there for all of it. And he hit big home runs and he's beat us. I want to beat him. I don't want to join him. I know he'd be joining us. I get that. And ultimately, I do think, I'd, I, that's like a fallback thing. That's a, that's a really, he's a very good player. He's a very good player. And he's a proven postseason player. But I still, I think Yankees are Juan Soto or Bust, offensively. They got to go out and get Juan Soto. That is the number one guy I want. No doubt. And listen, that takes them to be motivated to trade him. I get it. And I'm I'm still very hesitant to see how motivated Houston is to trade Bregman. I mean, there are some guys like Altuve and Bregman have been there from the beginning. It's a very hard thing to move away from. But if they're open to trade him, look, because he's going to be a free agent after the year, you know, they're one of these smart organizations that believe in analytics and probably believe in a year too early as opposed to a year too late. But I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. Could he work with the Mets? The Mets have a bunch of in-house options at third base. None of them have been that good. You got Beatty, um, and you know I don't know how much you, you love that option. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I would do. If, if I'm the Mets, would, would, would I be interested in Bregman here? I mean, listen, is he one of those players that immediately changed the landscape of this offseason if Bregman is thrown into the mix? I don't know. I don't know how good he is. He's been a proven postseason player, which is the most intriguing part of it for teams like the Yankees and the Mets who expect to be there, and then it's just a matter of playing well when you're there. But I'm, I don't know how, how much Bregman I could actually take on this team. I don't know. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We didn't really touch much on Aaron Rodgers and the idea that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back to practice. He's hoping to join practice this week, and then he's hoping to play later in this year. And the reports were on Sunday from Glazer, who also reported the Wink Martindale story that's kind of been downplayed by anybody involved in the Giants. They're having pizza and donuts. What are you talking about? They have no problem. But I also saw a glazer report that Rodgers is looking to come back and play no matter what the situation with the Jets, no matter where they are in the standings because he it is important to him somehow to prove and to himself or to you or I or anybody else who doubted him because that's how a lot of these guys let's be honest a lot of these guys function on proving the doubters wrong. Um but he wants to prove the doubters wrong and come back from the surgery faster than anyone in history like if that's important to him, I'm very I'm I'm baffled by that. I'm baffled by that. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. Great. It says more about the surgery necessarily than you healing because it's sort of a new surgery. It's not like everybody's had the surgery and just look at how fast you've taken it back. There's been a handful of guys who've had the surgery. They've come back in you know less time than you have. I guess if you come back by de- if he comes back by December, but also different position, running back position as the quarterback. I don't know how much that matters, but here's the point. Aaron Rodgers, you are the quarterback of the New York Jets. You came here in a trade and then restructured your contract to have a brief window of two years, maybe three, to win a championship with the New York Jets. That's what you signed on for. The first year you went down, and I applaud you for trying to get back as fast as you can. I applaud you. And if the team had a capable GM who recognized even heading into the season without maybe you meddling in this idea, quite honestly. We don't even know if Rodgers was meddling in this idea. But the idea that you allowed and were part of the team that allowed Zach Wilson to be the backup and then do nothing as the season faded away and allowed him to continue to play and have nobody to go to except for Tim Boyle. This season's going to be nowhere. If it was somewhere different, I would applaud you for your speedy recovery and your hard working. And your ability to come back and impact this Jet team this season, I would applaud you. But the fact of the matter is the team isn't going to be where you need it to be. There is no hope for this season. And particularly behind the offensive line right now that's been decimated by injuries and is a complete makeshift offensive line that is getting was getting Zach Wilson and did get Tim Boyle killed the last couple of weeks. You cannot, you cannot jeopardize what you have tried to build here with the New York Jets and the promises you made to try and win a championship, and now that is strictly resigned to next year and possibly the year after. You cannot give up on that or hinder that in any way, however slight it may be, to come back and prove something to I don't know who that you are capable of recovering from an injury faster than anybody thought. If that is in his mindset, if it's not, listen, if it's about, hey, I'm a pro football player, they play me to play, the doctors have cleared me, and I want to be there for my team, I still don't understand it, but at least it's that's a reasonable take, I suppose. But if there is any real point of view that wants to prove something about an Achilles injury, it's absolutely selfish and asinine. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I, that, if I'm the Jets, I've acquiesced to everything else, and honestly, rightfully so. And rightfully so. You wanted Lazard, we got him. You wanted Cobb, you got him. Now they hired Hackett before, but it was part of the reason for enticing him. They're not going to fire Hackett. You got it. You wanted Timmy Boyle, you got him. You want to stick with 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 uh, Zach Wilson, possibly. If he was involved in that or or had any say in that, you got it. I'm willing to give you a lot, Aaron Rodgers. What I am not willing to do is jeopardize the only thing you have left to give me, which is next year. That's it. And next year, I'll give you everything you want. You want to go out and trade for Devontae Adams? Let's go do it. Who else you want? Let's go do whatever it takes to make next year's team as good as it can possibly be. And be a Super Bowl contender because that's what I thought they could have been this year. And I think the defense at times this year has proven that that's what this could have been. I mean, they, down the stretch here, they faded. It's it's tough to hold on while the, the offense does absolutely nothing. But I'm I'm pushing all my chips in the table. If I'm Joe Douglas, if I still have a job. If I'm uh, Robert Sala and I still have a job. If I'm Hackett and I still have a job. And if I'm Woody the owner of this team, I am pushing everything in on next year. I will move heaven and earth. I will trade draft picks. I will bring in Adams. I will do whatever it takes. I am out to win a Super Bowl next year. I am not out to appease the ego of a quarterback who wants to prove at 38 years old he's capable of medical things others are not. That I am not willing to do. That I am not willing to do. I understand you listen to the Jets talk about it all. He's here in the he's here today. I saw him today getting getting some treatment. It's incredible his ability to work so hard. I appreciate it. That's great, and you want to have him around. That's fine. I cannot put him on the field behind that offensive line. In this short, in this short a time frame, recovering from a uh, an Achilles injury. I don't care. I don't care what the doctors say. I'll be kicking myself forever if he gets hurt. Can't do it. Can't do it. Anything else? Aaron, anything else? Whatever you want, pal. Not this. Duke and Edison, what's up, Duke?
2: Hey, Chris, how are you?
0: Good, Duke. How are you?
2: Good. I went to that game Saturday. It was terrible. It was very bad.
0: The Jet game on Friday?
2: Yeah, I went yeah. to and Miami just went through that offensive line. It's so
1: crazy. It really.
0: Yeah, listen it, the, No, the offensive line is is well, it's decimated by injury, but it's it's awful right now. And the quarterback oh, play yeah. is awful. The offense is awful. And you right. know, the defense hung in there early, but I mean, Miami's too good to hang around when you don't have when you're playing with only one one you know, one side of football. I mean, you you can't yeah. you can't do it with strictly a defense. And this
2: quarterback boy he, he he wasn't good, you know. He he kept no. He was no, terrible, he and
0: and I think that's the big. And to me, that's the biggest indictment on on Hackett, who's had a season full of indictments that he couldn't get a get Boyle, who's been with him, who's he's coached, who knows the offense, who knows exactly what's going on, to step in there at least be functioning and at least give you some kind of offense, some kind of sustained drive, some ability to do something. I mean, yeah. and then they embarrassed themselves with the 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 fail Mary. And thank I mean that's. It's just the Jets always find it's not just losing. They find ways to lose spectacularly. It's it's amazing. It's unlike any other franchise we even in this city. As much losing like the Knicks just lose. Right? Hopefully the hopefully the Knicks aren't about to give us the experience of losing spectacularly. But like they've just been a, a non issue. The Knicks have just been bad for for countless years now. And hopefully they're starting to come out of that. But they don't have memorable losing efforts like this. They don't have butt fumbles and, uh, you know, fail marries and just the absolute. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable that we consistently see things we've never seen before with the New York Jets. I mean, if you look at this season, it is a case study on what it's like to be a Jet fan. I mean, you start with all the promise. You bring in Aaron Rodgers. You, you, you're the talk of the town. Everybody wants a piece of you. You're on hard knocks. Aaron Rodgers is going to come in and, and change the team. He runs out of the tunnel on opening night on 9-11 with the American flag and the spotlight, and it, it literally gave me goosebumps. And I was never more sure of anything than I was sure Aaron Rodgers was about to lead the Jets into a new era of football, and it lasted four plays. And then you're right back in the same place with Zach Wilson. You're having the same debate week in and week out about the quarterback. You're hearing the coach say the same thing week in and week out. He's improving. He's this. He's that. We still have a lot of faith. He's our guy. Oh, no, he's not our guy, but he is. he's going to have a great career. Now you're benching him for another bad quarterback, and your season's falling apart, and you have these spectacular moments that will never be forgotten and eternally uh, immortalized with, you know, Having Hail Mary's return for touchdowns. That doesn't happen. That ball gets batted down 99 times out of 100. And if it is caught, he's tackled right where he catches it. He falls down because he had to try and jump so high to catch it. Instead, it lands right in his his bread basket, and he runs it back for a 100-yard touchdown. I mean, you can't make it up. And I'm telling you right now, the last straw... Of all this nonsense and the way this this season has been a case study in what it's like to deal and live with the Jets, it cannot end. The final chapter cannot be Aaron Rodgers re-injuring himself on the field. That cannot happen. I understand Evan and some people think that's a blessing in disguise some way, that the idea, well, if he's injured, then we know we can just move off of him. That's absolutely crazy to me. Do you want this season to be bookend by Aaron Rodgers' injuries? Like, are you nuts? Are you nuts? Go into next season with a capable quarterback for a backup. That's the plan. Do everything else. Get Adams. Get this one. Get that one. Get some. Tyrod Taylor's a free agent. His contract's up with the New York Giants. Bring in Tyrod Taylor to be your backup. I don't care. He'll, he might be willing to do it. He doesn't have to move. I don't know. Do something. But you go into next year with Aaron Rodgers healthy. At least as healthy as he can be. You do not risk ending this season the way it started. You do not risk it. Anything but that. Anything but that.
3: When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan.
1: Manning calling signals, takes the snap, looks left, mobs it left, throws it right up and touchdown Giants! In the left corner of the end
0: zone! Touchdown! With 35 seconds to go and the Giants regain the lead! Manning the burn! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh yeah, 352, McMonagall here with you, 877-337-6666. So as I'm talking about what it's like to be a Jet fan, it kind of leads into why I said earlier Alex Smith is my new favorite guy. If you're unaware, uh, I guess last week uh, sometime, Tom Brady had some comments that kind of became viral and were around about today's NFL and the difference in today's NFL and why it's not as good anymore, and they don't coach p- offensive players to, to learn how to be healthy and too many penalties and whatever other reason, you know, why the the product isn't any good anymore, which is tough to argue when you watch all these primetime games. I mean, I think it's like 80% primetime under. Like, I don't want to tell you guys, you know, I give you picks and everything. Just look into primetime unders. Pr- these primetime games, are the unders are hitting at a remarkable rate. But anyway, because the, the product isn't that, that good right now, and the quarterback play isn't that Isn't that good right now? Dobbs is no longer going to be, well, we'll see. O'Connell was uh, non-committal on whether Dobbs is going to be the starting quarterback moving forward after a a four-pick terrible performance. But anyway, my point is Tom Brady had some comments because Tom Brady makes comments. And when Tom Brady makes comments, we all run and go, oh, yeah, Tom Brady's great. Uh, Of course, everything he said is right. Of course, oh, my God, the product is so much worse. He's nailed it. Tom Brady right again. Well, I'm sick of it. And so is Alex Smith and that's why Alex Smith is my new favorite guy covering sport covering the NFL for ESPN. Let's hear what Alex Smith had to say on Tom Brady. Well, Alex, you've been in his position, <laughs> retiring and then watching the game from a distance. Do you agree with Tom Brady?
3: I mean uh, a, a lot here, Sam. Um listen, first off, let me just preface. this. I love Tom, the goat, but you don't need to say that. Uh, but yeah. you need to say it. Just get him. First off, <laughs> okay. he hasn't been retired that long. He was just playing like True. he just won a Super Bowl in the current game like is he discounting that one um and then my my biggest complaint with this and and no offense to you guys well all three of you guys uh, he played in the most uncompetitive division i think in nfl history i mean (laughs) you come out of training camp the biggest cupcake division you got got a ticket to the playoffs right away like talk about mediocre I, I completely disagree with this. I, I know, I know he's, he's referencing the rule changes over the middle to the receiver, but in my opinion, I think the game's gotten better. There's more parity across the league. Quarterback play is at an all-time high, I think, across the league. like the best, you've, you've got the best athletes playing the position. We didn't have this 30, 40 years ago. And then I also, you know, uh, listen, he's referencing also that offense is down, right, like the numbers this year. To me, I, I kind of think we're in a golden age of D linemen. Well, I don't agree with everything he said
0: there, but I'll tell you what, he went after Tom Brady. I love it. Somebody finally stepping up and going after Tom Brady. And he's right about a couple things. One, and this is how I said it leads into the Jet and what it's like to be a Jet fan conversation. He's absolutely right. Like the Patriots, now they won Super Bowls, so it's hard to make the argument too much. But, I mean, they they were in a terrible cupcake division. The Bills, Jets, and Dolphins have been some of the more perennial losers in the NFL. Now, I don't know what that has to do with the, the necessarily with the argument, but I loved hearing him say it and watching uh Rex Ryan squirm next to him. He's sitting next to him. And Rex Ryan Ryan was just completely taken aback that he would throw that jab at the obviously former Jet and Buffalo Bills head coach, but it was and someone who's gone up against Belichick. He's not here to kiss Belichick's rings. And he did beat Belichick in one hell of a playoff game, but I love that Alex Smith went at him because I feel like nobody else does. Nobody ever says, nobody disagrees with Tom Brady. And while I don't know if I agree with the the quarterback play necessarily, I agree with two things he said about today's game. I I think the best, I always say this, this year, next year, every sport, currently, always currently, we are seeing the greatest athletes to ever play the sport. That's just the truth. Uh, uh, You know, medicine, medicine. just physical ability, what we know about diets, what we know about training, like the 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 ability they have to just train year-round. We are seeing at any moment currently, and we will always say this from this moment until the end of sports as we know it, we are currently watching the best athletes to ever play the game. All right, maybe not the most skilled, maybe not even the best, but the best af- athletes without question. So, yeah. I don't necessarily think the quarterback play is at an all-time high, as Alex Smith just said. I disagree with that. I see a lot of crappy quarterbacks, some of it based on injury, but I still don't believe that the quarterback play is at an all-time high. I do agree that we are seeing the best athletes to ever play the position, but that doesn't necessarily mean the best. But I also agree with the comment that we are seeing this this is a golden age for defensive linemen. And defensive game wreckers. I mean, we are seeing guys throughout the league. You know, Watt in Pittsburgh, Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Just just you name it. There's a a ton of guys who just disrupt NFL offenses. at an enormous clip? They really are. There's a lot of defensive linemen who are good. So I agree with some of the comments Alex Smith made. But more than that, somebody finally decided to say, you know what? I don't agree with Tom Brady. Enough of that noise. And he's right. He just left the game when I played. And if you listen to the Tom Brady clip that I didn't play for you, but he talks about, you know, all the, the differences in the game. When I played, I didn't throw over the middle. When you played, it was two years ago. What are you talking about? When you played, it wasn't 100 years ago, Tom. I know you, you're waiting a year before you take Greg Olson's job, but, I mean, it's only been a year or two. So I know you haven't been around for a while, but you were just here. The, the, the head coach is still the same head coach there. Todd Bowles, amazingly enough, is still coaching the bugs. But Tom, Tom Brady says it, and everybody goes, oh, yeah. Because that's what people want to say, that. Here's, and like I said about his comments when they first came out, everybody agrees with things used to be better. Like Everybody. every Especially sports, at least. like Everybody thinks that their, their era when they first fell in love with it or when they watched it, it's, it's always better. Oh, it was better when this was. Oh, it was much better then. It was much better then. Oh, take me back to when it was like that. You know, oh, the '90s basketball game was so much better. Give me, give me an '82-79 final any day of the week. I miss that '90s basketball. You know why you say that? Because the Knicks were good. That's why we say it around here. If the Knicks were the the if the Knicks were the Golden State Warriors, we would like this era much better. But it's always, it used to be better. I mean, baseball's literally instituting rules to make it like it used to be. So to come out and go, oh, listen, the NFL I'm seeing now, the former the NFL I remember and played in was much better. Who's going to disagree? Because everyone loves the, the past. Everyone looks fondly on the past. Except Alex Smith, and that's why I love him. Love you, Alex Smith. Thank you very much. And, all, and listen, while we're at it, since we're thanking Alex Smith, thank you for that run that beat the Saints in the playoffs that year that allowed the Giants to play you in the NFC Championship game instead of going to New Orleans because that second Super Bowl doesn't happen without you, Alex Smith. I love you, Alex Smith. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you two hours down already. Man, time flies on this Tuesday morning. We'll have the update with Marco. We'll come back, continue to take your phone calls Get back into the Giants and the Jets and where these two franchises are after the GM for the Giants spoke earlier in the day yesterday. And Daniel Jones got a little bit of a boast of confidence from the general manager. But you know what? I ain't buying it.